Welcome to the Launchbox Podcast. I'm Anjali, and I can't wait for you to get to know plant-based kitchens from around the globe. Every episode will unpack inspiring stories and delicious menus of spots that are guaranteed to be your next food experience. Hi, welcome to the episode. Here with me is Ivars Rutkovskis from Nata Cafe. Nata Cafe is located in Latvia, Riga, Latvia. Hi, Ivars. Yes, hello everyone. Nice to be here. Can you tell us about yourself and the restaurant itself? Okay, so um, yeah, my name is Ivars and um, currently I'm 36. I've been managing Nata Cafe for already five years. And uh, previously I was also in the industry, but I was working as a bartender for uh, like in the beginning of my bartending career, I was just a normal bartender in a bar, in a cocktail bar then. And uh, after some time, we also uh, founded a company that specializes in catering events. So we did events. We also went to Ibiza for one half year for one season. Then we founded a company here. But then uh, things happened. I uh, found out the glories and the wonderful life of being a vegetarian. And I realized that I need to do something about it. And so uh, together with the inspiration of my friends, we founded restaurants. Well, it's more like a small cafeteria. It's maybe I wouldn't call like a, with a, with a restaurant as uh, the name. The name restaurant, like it says, well, you know, restaurant is a restaurant. Mm-hmm. McDonald's is also called restaurant, but uh, it's just like the term. But a real restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, I suppose we are just missing something to be called like real poshy restaurant. But uh, in terms of classification, yes, we are a restaurant, but more like, I would say like cafe or cafeteria and here we are five years have passed wow five years and that includes two years of covid and inflation where cost of goods have dramatically increased and then currently the spike of the energy electricity bills i couldn't agree with you more that uh, this is a uh, not the best time for <laughs> for being in a restaurant business, but uh, well, there's challenges like all the time. Don't you agree mm-hmm. that uh, 10 years ago there were different challenges and they thought that it's the end of the world at that point. So I think uh, I, I, I can completely agree that these are challenging times. I would say especially for, for, for restaurants and caterers because this is the, one of the first things that people are cutting off in their everyday budgets. Basically, you can do it at home if you want. <laughs> also, the COVID times did the struggle as well. But going back to when you started, how was it in terms of vegan, vegetarian perception amongst people? And how did you grow from year one to year five? Well, first of all, here in Latvia, uh, the situation in the vegan vegetarian market, so to say, is that we are some, I'm not afraid to say it, it's just we are um, some three years ago behind like Central Europe and I think some five years behind the United States in terms of uh, availability and, uh, and also the demand and, and, and what we can offer. 
five years ago it was a, it was uh, more struggling than it is now. Things have evolved through, mm -hmm. through these years. Of course, if uh, five years ago it was only some couple of uh, plant-based milks or milk drinks, as we as we are allowed to say now, mm -hmm. in in the markets, and then now it's big aisles in the supermarkets where we can find plant-based milks and uh, other vegan products. So ju it's just a comparison, and also the same goes with with the uh, with the mind of the clientele so if in in the beginning it was really like um, just cutting our way through the jungle so now it's uh, much more easier because it's it's there in the media people are talking about it people are more acceptive to the idea that it's not just meat and potatoes that should be on the table so and also this uh, flexitarian movement is growing rapidly i think it's mm -hmm. all over the world where people are not considered themselves as vegans or vegetarians but they're just very open-minded to try different cuisines and they are okay there's no meat and they can live off with meat for one one week one month or maybe more so it's it's in a way it's much more easier now than five years ago but uh, thank god we started five years ago so now we can uh, truly um, benefit the market because now every day the market is being more and more how to say suspended or there's more players in in, in the game every day and it, it's much more harder to uh, to be seen during these times than maybe five years ago but in the other hand there's much more people to show <laughs> what you got than five years ago so it's kind of that who are your customers well we are in terms of demographics yeah uh, our customers are kids <laughs> uh, we are uh, located in a building where there are lots of like children activities and one and the biggest one is a uh, dance school so and um, mm -hmm. that's uh, why we were so why we had a, such a good start because there was already a flow of people and we just needed to give them something so we did it we did uh, give them vegetarian and vegan uh, foods and they were quite okay with it because their uh, parents need uh, something to drink something to eat while they're killing time and waiting for their uh, children to finish the dancing classes and uh, children as well they are coming from school and they want something to to eat they want some snacks so of course plenty of french fries as an order for kids they're open also to our other preparations when you're talking about kids are you referring to 12 years below or 18 below both actually there are uh, children coming as as young as six or seven as the first graders and there are also uh, 16, 17 year olds, I would say almost adults coming to dance and, and, and of course and then their parents and all is mixed up. I like that they can be trained as young as possible. Exactly. Five years ago, would you consider being the first mover in terms of the plant-based kitchen in Latvia? Oh no, 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 no. There were already restaurants there. So um, I think there were three or four like plant-based proper vegan restaurants that were out there. So it's just, uh, I thought it's not enough. So we need one more. <laughs> How many restaurants are there in terms of being plant-based vegan in the area? Uh, well, COVID, COVID did take its toll on mm -hmm. restaurants. So uh, some of them have been closed. But at the moment, I would say we are not completely, at least vegetarian. 
I would say five. And also we have some street food concepts that are trolling around the city and, and doing some events. So just like also a restaurant, but on the wheels. So mm -hmm. it could be, I, I could say maybe five, five six, mm -hmm. five, six. When it comes to your food and the menu, is it something that you create and design yourself or do you have a team? It's both actually. So we have a team. Uh, but uh, mainly I'm the one who's having a lot of ideas and wants to implement those and, and the team looks after that they can, they can do it. But uh, that, I think that comes mm -hmm. from, the, from the bartending times when uh, I did participate mm -hmm. in a lot of competitions so uh, there we had to make some cocktails and, and, and be creative and later on uh, I was in the, also in the show business doing the bartender shows and also there's there's a need for this creativity and that has like also put uh, imprints on me so I'm always looking for something new and um, now I've a little bit I've been uh, slowed down with this creativity because I can see that not everything should be implemented in real life and, and, not, and not everything could be implemented in real life but yeah it's me and the team. How many are you in the team? Well, together we are uh, five people, like mm -hmm. the, the, the core. So you started Nata and it's already been five years. You worked as a bartender for 15 years and you are also involved in the show business. That's amazing. And then you went to Ibiza? Yeah, I was in, in Ibiza for half a year. So we did one experiment with life, so to say. So we just packed our things and went to Ibiza not having any contact or contract, so just went there, looked for luck. <laughs> was it there where you had a change of dietary lifestyle? Actually, it happened after we, we came back. It was not in, in, in a one day. Actually, today I was uh, giving a small masterclass to, to visually impaired people about, and I talked about veganism and vegetarianism, and I was also explaining my story, and so I said that the most like, comfortable way how to switch from traditional diet to vegetarian or, or vegan is that you do it very as slowly as possible, and it's like really, really mindful, and that's how you can do less harm for your body. So, and, and I did it, so it took uh, like, uh, my wife started actually, cooking vegetarian dishes at home because she wanted to, to, to try this vegetarian diet. And uh, so there was no... <laughs> I came home every day and there was some uh, nicely cooked uh, vegetarian dishes waiting for me. So I couldn't resist and I tried and I <laughs> thought, wow, it's just, it's just great. And then I felt that yeah, I'm feeling better if I don't eat animal products and, uh, and, that, and, and I made the decision that I would do it and so I it took one month maybe more so when I transitioned day by day I just reduced the amounts of meat in my in my everyday ratio and after this time I, I realized I can live off and it's it's really benefiting me as a person as a soul as a body to 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 be in uh, in this vegetarian diet how long did it take you to fully just eat plant-based I think the whole transition period took me about two, two and a half months. Because, you know, there's, a, as you probably know, there are a lot of misconceptions about vegan or vegetarian diets and that's, there's not enough 
iron, not enough B12. Well, you know it uh, probably. So and uh, and also about the products, what, what what the food, what what do we eat? So it's a big mystery for for a lot of people and especially the older folks. So today, I, yeah, I was uh, I was there and uh, they were like mostly they were seniors, and I was telling them that you, know, you can ask me any questions, any myths. Uh, I will try to break them. I will try to explain them. And actually, it was really really a good conversation with the discussion what we have. And and yeah, and I was I was not surprised about all the um, misconceptions they have because they they are just there out they are out there in society and. And uh, that's the least I can do is just go to those people and explain and give them a try of some of our products. And they were like uh, shocked in, in, in a good way that, oh, wow, now there's like this and I don't have to eat meat to, to get the meat taste. Mm -hmm. And and it was really, really inspiring. It's, it, it, it is actually inspiring to go and, and talk with people about veganism and, and just break their misconceptions and myths about uh, plant-based food. Is that connected to the cafe that you are creating awareness? And is that something that you are really passionate about personally? Uh, well, uh, me, I'm... No, I'm also in the, in the bartender times, I was, uh, I was happy to share my knowledge if I know something and, and, I can, and that could benefit others, I'm really happy and it's, I'm enjoying this, this moment of sharing and where people can find out something and they can maybe uh, give also some, some knowledge, some interesting ideas to me. So this exchange of uh, energy, synergy is very, very um, inspiring. So that's, I, I believe that's my nature, uh, just to, to be talking with people. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 al and also yes, yeah, since uh, since there are these misconceptions, and I think it's our it's our duty to to go in there and explain. And, and as I said to them, uh, to them, I'm not expecting for you anyone that you will turn vegan or vegetarian starting tomorrow. That would be maybe not very good idea. But at least mm -hmm. you at least you know uh, that it is possible. And if you want it, you can achieve it. Maybe just you, you need to, to focus on, 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 on the foods which you are putting on the table and like maybe, maybe and, and, you can re and you can realize that it's not the only way. There can be other ways as well. What are the biggest noticeable changes in your body, in your mental health, when you completely switch to plant-based? Well, in the beginning, there was this... Uh, there was like really, I was really high in energy. I felt also that I'm, I, I lost my weight, but since I love food very much now, I gained it back and maybe with some little extra pounds <laughs> that maybe are not so good. But um, it's maybe not physically, but I felt better mentally. It's just mm -hmm. this uh, lightness inside that I'm not responsible for the killing, for the pain, for the suffering. So I'm, I'm doing my best to, to, to like to reduce the over, overall pain there is and the suffering which is out there in, in the world. So in, the, in that sense, I felt very lighter and, and, and much more relieved that you, know, it's, you can live off without meat. I suppose people are surprised when they come into your cafeteria and they can eat good food, feel satisfied, and there's no meat. Yes, but uh, I would say more that we are also doing some events and we had and those I like the more because here it's uh, 
not so pushy. And here is like some basic uh, basic preparations. So we're more like uh, focusing on those on an everyday basis. But when we go, for example, mm -hmm. on weddings, then it's the real deal. Then we are like putting ourselves out to the max, and then we are having a lot mm -hmm. of interesting things and uh, on the on the table, which which really then is surprising. And I love to see people faces and like, oh, what is this? And what is this? And uh, you know, and and how you get this taste? And, and 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 people are very curious. And you know, they're like small children, are like jumping around in the <laughs> in the candy shops, like, oh, I want to have this, I want to have this. So now you, and they're sharing and 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 asking their friends, have, have you tried this one? It's very good. And 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 it's really really um, a pleasure to see how how people appreciate plant-based food and and how how their perception of it changes after the event so it's 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 a common thing that after for example a wedding a successful one of course yeah people come to me and say that it was a fantastic journey in the in the regarding the taste tell me about your catering business is it bigger than the cafeteria Mm, well, it 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 actually it goes uh, in in hand. So um, since we don't have a lot of vegans or vegetarians in uh, in in Riga, so the percentage is really really small. So to have a plant-based wedding, uh, it's actually a rarity nowadays because usually, if even if the couple is vegans or vegetarians, they um, invite other people as well, and their idea is to make everyone happy. Most probably they are choosing some like mixed options where there's vegan and there's also uh, some traditional dishes on the tables. But I'm very strict about it, so we don't serve any meat or fish. Well, we can maybe do some exceptions on milk and honey products, but like with fish and meat, which people actually want, we are very strict and also we don't serve uh, alcohol. This is like a thing for us. And, and so these weddings are not, very, not as much as we would love to, uh, but then there are quite a few. And also, not only weddings and some other events where people are appreciating vegan food. So it's it's quite okay. We are having like a couple of events per month in the summertime. Now it's the off season. We'll wait for Christmas and see what happens there. I asked the question because, you know, word of mouth, it takes that one person that is really satisfied with your food to go out and tell their friends. And the next time you know it, it's... A group of people that have heard about you and are coming to taste your food. Exactly. I am so blown away by the complete shift of your lifestyle from a bartender and now not having alcohol in your cafeteria and then of course you're doing the catering. How are you right now and how are the people in your network in terms of family, friends being influenced by the changes you have made for yourself? Honestly, uh... Well, those who wanted to see me drunk and eating meats or not having anything in common, so they don't contact me. Real friends have stayed, those who appreciate that me as a personality, not regarding that what am I drinking or what am I eating. Mm -hmm. Parents, my father has a tough time accepting that uh, I'm not continuing his fish smoking business. Which he really wow. loved to have it so, but I'm also It's like he was, he's he's a little upset about it. Uh, my mom, she's she's appreciating it. Well, regarding family, we are we are very happy. I have two children, and they're both. Well, my son, he's six. He hasn't eaten meat ever since, and uh, my wow. daughter, he's, she's already transitioned into vegetarian not long after us. 
So we are happy and uh, of course we're having our own struggles. They're having their own struggles in school and um, overall it's, I think it's nothing that we would come back for and change for something else. I admire that. And people who are sticking with you not because of what you are eating or not eating and just being there with you through thick and thin. Yes, yes. Tell me about the food in the cafeteria. You mentioned about it being something familiar, or am I mistaken? No, no, it's, uh, it's correct that we... Well, in, in the beginning of our years in Nata, so the first thing we did, everything was freshly cooked and, um, and served uh, as, a, as a daily menu. It was good, in a way, so we used Facebook and you used like local advertising to get people's attraction, attention. But then some time passed and then uh, I, I saw that it's really exhausting for the, for the cooks to cook something new every day. And uh, there were days when we didn't know what to cook, so we're struggling with just do it what we did the day before yesterday. So and um, that was when the initial like this enthusiasm wore out. Uh, but um, then we we changed kind of the whole concept after it was I think after the first year because we were closed on the summer and uh, we thought what what can we do for the next season because you know in the summers we were closed because we don't have any uh, place as a this summer garden so uh, we were just focusing on these uh, dancers and their parents so and then we th and of course. Uh, people from, from outside were slowly starting to know us and then they came, came to our restaurant as well. But uh, after, some, after this one year we changed the concept so we, um, we uh, transitioned into more, we, we, we made our own like these pâtés, cutlets, I don't know how it's correctly called in English, so we made our own sausages and uh, we, we made them frozen. So it was much more convenient for us just to to complete the orders and in, in in faster time. So we needed much much more or less uh, staff in the kitchen during the day. So it was easier for us to survive. And looking back, I think it was uh, maybe it's uh, I had to compromise my my uh, this desire for uh, freshly made food and and to I had to mm -hmm. co compromise it for it, it was done business wise so we can save on uh, the, because there were so many leftovers after each day so we didn't uh, mm -hmm. sell everything so we didn't know what to do I, I it was it broke my heart when we just had to throw it mm -hmm. out because we couldn't eat everything by ourselves so uh, going to frozen preparations uh, it was uh, business wise it was a good idea so and that's how we that's how we could continue to survive and continue to like grow slowly because our we were focusing not on maybe we we didn't have funds to invest in, in, in advertising and maybe some like rich and beautiful menus and, and interior and as well so we what we did was just we decided that we are rising slowly gradually but we're going like step by step and not taking any loans or something so that's that's how we survived but then again as I said we when we're going out on some some catering events it was uh, it's just then we are going out to the maximum mm, then the show yes 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 because then we can like put our all uh, like abilities visible to people mm -hmm. and uh, 
I could say more that during the COVID times, actually, this is also would be, I think, interesting for you and, uh, and the listeners. During the COVID times, it was really hard to, to make ends meet. So what we mm-hmm. did is we transitioned into like packing our foods and selling them to supermarkets. So wow. the, at the moment, we are already exporting to Estonia and uh, Lithuania. So wow. besides this Nata Cafe, we also are just having our own brand, Nata. And currently, there are two products in the market. Our soy shashlik, which is very good, actually. And this is one of the... Which is not frozen. That's, that's why I say that we are not only doing frozen things, but also... Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, chia caviar, which is... Wow. I haven't heard of that. We we haven't got to the Denmark yet, so <laughs> sorry for that. <laughs> no way. You have a chia caviar. Yes, we, we pack it in cans and sell it. And that's actually, uh, at the moment, it's the best-selling product of our uh, from our small range. And, uh, and this one I like because... Uh, it's it's maybe even too fishy for vegans and vegetarians, but the people who do eat caviar, who do eat fish, they say, wow, it's a great product. I will buy and it. who would have thought that? Yes. It, <laughs> I could come. But it's, it's supernatural. Chia already looks like caviar, no? Yes. Wow. You're very creative. Thank you, but that's that's also that this one goes out to all the team because we just not the create not only the creativity that takes it going, but also all the technical things beside it to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So I may I may be the creative creative one, but also there's somebody that has to like get things started and get things going. And it's a team. Yes, definitely a teamwork, and. Uh, yeah. At the moment, yeah, we're struggling that there's like so little of us here and uh, we're, I'm, I'm having uh, plans way too big for our small team. <laughs> well, there is enough room to grow. Oh, yes. You mentioned one more product. What does it look like and what's the taste like? Uh, the other one, what we, are with, we, what we have launched is um, uh, soy shashlik. I don't know if you're familiar with shashlik, uh, like in the meats option. Right. So it's basically it's a thing which you uh, put on a stick and, and barbecue. Well, in case of meat, but uh, we do it from soy. So and that's a very good uh, alternative for the barbecue parties where, uh, like vegans and vegetarians, mostly are looking for some options to to put them on the grill. And uh, well, here in in our part of Europe, we are not so. Uh, into this burger culture yet so when people barbecue mm-hmm. uh, more in the west they use uh, they, they are using some burgers to, to for, for their barbecue things and but here we just grill the meats uh, but people grill the meats on, on, on the on the barbecue as it is so and this is like our our option our response to the market so we're giving the vegans and vegetarians an option to, to make this 
whole thing happen on the grill for them as well. Especially during the summer. Yes, yes. But the product is actually good also for the winter times. It's basically like a meat substitute. So you can use it in mm -hmm. soups, in pastas, in uh, in wraps, in rolls, in, in, in those burgers as well. So we make a very, very good goulash soup with it. We make this goulash sauce, and we serve it in French fries here, which is one of the best-selling products. We make very wonderful pilaf with it, with this soy, yeah. soy meat. And uh, these are the, like the foods, especially this pilaf. I can tell you a lot of stories about the pilaf when we went to the Christmas market. <laughs> it was four years ago, I think, in one of the first Christmas markets we went, and we had this pilaf. And people were, were coming and... Uh, at the, oh no, that was the second actually Christmas market. At the first Christmas market, we were having vegan, vegetarian signs all over our booth, and um, it was good in a way. But uh, a lot of people were scared off. Then in the following uh, Christmas market, we decided that that we are taking all the vegan, vegetarian signs off, and we have these mm -hmm. meat substitutes that look like meat, that taste like meat, mm -hmm. but we we didn't like uh, put signs vegan, vegetarian to it. So, because we knew that people who know us, they know that this is like mm -hmm. legal for them. But people who who don't know, they would look like uh, like it is 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 it regular like, meat exactly. And they were asking, oh, what sausages? Like, can I have two sausages? <laughs> and they were just not like asking questions. Like, what's the sausage from? And I gave them the sausages and said, like, oh, very good sausages, very light, very nice texture, and, and so. And they didn't even ask if they are like made from meat or they are vegan, mm -hmm. vegetarian, so and a lot of people still don't know that they were eating vegan or vegetarian products and uh, they were feeling happy about it. <laughs> so. And this, <laughs> and these are the ones you made? Yes, yes, exactly. And that's the thing about labels, some people are already uh, driven away just by looking at vegan. Yes. And the food just has to taste good. Yeah. Uh, I could tell. I could tell you one more story. I don't know if if if, if, if it's Go okay. Ahead. <laughs> that, uh, I also had this in in the weekdays. I was standing behind the the counter as well in those Christmas markets, and um, I had this uh, vegan soy meat there to taste. And I invited people. Hey, come and try. And uh, they're like, Oh, what is it? I said, Well, you try, and then you then you try to guess it what it is. And um, People try it, it's mm, very tasty, very nice texture, very nice taste. Uh, what is it? It's like, try to guess. And they were like calling all the animals they can imagine, like pork, beef, lamb, uh, bunnies, uh, camels, even ostriches, anything, <laughs> dogs, uh, beavers. Oh, no. I, said, I, I said, no, 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 it's soy. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And suddenly it's not so tasty anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, that that was that was one 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 kind of people that said that oh it's not so tasty anymore, and the other said, mm, but it tastes very good. I said yes, and then there was this like uh, preaching point about veganism or vegetarian mm. that I said maybe it's the taste you like, not the meat, and, not the meat itself. Mm. And you know, people had looked like they were in a cold shower after that. It's like, oh, maybe, yeah. And they started, and, and I, I, I love to see their faces, how they changed after this sentence, because then they really start to think that, what is the thing about meat that they like? Is it the mm. taste or, or is it the so-called like nutritious benefits of eating meat? That, or, and they, and they, they understand that they, 
they their minds can be tricked it's all in the mind and they can eat like plant-based things and 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 at the same time be very happy so but their whole like uh value system breaks at that point so how but i'm eating meat but i'm not it's it's so funny <laughs> it's <laughs> and i was enjoying that every day a lot of times during the day so <laughs> because people's reactions were very interesting at that point and even more actually in the when in in some of the food expos i've been in riga uh, there was some also food technologists coming and cooks coming and mm -hmm. they were like, oh, what's that meat? It doesn't have any bones or any of these like hard things which are hard to chew. I was like, yes, you know, it's soy. And it's like, no way. <laughs> and people were very surprised that even, even professionals. I'm so excited to try this. Yes. Because when you talk about soy, it gives me a different kind of idea. You know, like that chewy, rubbery meat substitute yes we 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 prepare it a little bit differently maybe as some some other producers do so our one is a uh, juicy meaty and uh, very very tasty <laughs> so from having nata the catering to the frozen items and non-frozen frozen ones where are you right now in terms of growth in terms of the future <sighs> Well, at the moment, what I think is that there's more future in this packed foods than in the restaurant, unfortunately. Mm. Because uh, last two years of this COVID crisis showed that now you can prepare for anything what you want. You can have like the best kitchen in the world, but then COVID comes and it like, flushes it all away. Mm -hmm. And uh, as much as we tried uh, to to uh, live on this uh, food delivery uh, companies, what we have here, like Uber kind of companies, mm -hmm. it's it's not really actually possible to to have a survive. to to survive. Yeah, with all the all the percentage that they're asking, and, and, and well, it's kind of hard. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's it's no if. If, if if you should own yourself uh, uh, so many like couriers and, 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 and have to pay them salaries, it may be come to the same point that with you're paying these Uber kind of companies. But uh, mm -hmm. they're good doing a good job and actually they're promoting and, and uh, without uh, without them, it would be much more harder to survive these these two years. But um, you that's know, also true. Yeah. Now with all these, uh, as you said in the beginning, with all these. Um, energy uh, rates going like ridiculously high with electricity mm. gas you know you name it uh, i i'm afraid that uh, during this winter it will come to a point where it's really unreasonable to continue with the restaurants mm. uh, i'm not just being I, i'm not i'm not pessimistic uh, you know i'm preparing for the worst but hoping for the best but it may come mm -hmm. as the, there are lots of signals like signs from other restaurants which I'm like chatting with other owners of the restaurants and uh, with uh, their energy like consumption has stayed the same but their bill is like quadrupled and it's really yeah. just not there, there is a point when you should say stop or, mm -hmm. or, or just uh, like freeze the business for, for the winter time. And, um, but, mm -hmm. uh, but people are still looking. And, and, and I believe one thing is to, uh, 
to, to sustain a restaurant and to keep it going. But the other thing is that the our consumers, our clientele, are also having not the best days of their life during this winter. So <laughs> they, they yeah. also they have their budgets cut and their expenses shortened. And um, as I said in the beginning, the restaurants, I believe, would be the first ones that they are cutting off of their everyday budgets. Absolutely. And uh, what uh, COVID crisis showed that uh, a lot of people are actually transitioned into home cooking, and uh, well, that's why I, I'm my my guess my bet is that uh, maybe a focus to the retail and to the store end products would be uh, would be the key to survive. But mm-hmm. um, still, uh, I'm. I have a dream that uh, someday there will be a restaurant which will be like a Michelin star restaurant level, <laughs> with mm-hmm. only with only vegan food, with high class uh, service and high class uh, food on the on, on the table. And in terms of the future, you're looking more into surviving through selling in the grocery stores, right? Yeah, but it's. You know, this for this one, I'm I'm looking as a really big and international exporting business. So this not not it's not about surviving anymore, because yeah, uh, I, I I believe in the potential of the products, and uh, we have so many ideas that are just as prototypes at the moment. So what we can offer to the to to the world, and actually, you know, it's. Um, there's there's a gap where we could fit in, uh, not that besides that like we are a small company we cannot like really uh, be compared to to those big companies as like Meatless Farm or Beyond or Impossible mm-hmm. which are having like enormous budgets for marketing and 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 retail. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, there is a, is a there is a space for actually for everybody because the ma- the market is rapidly gr- growing, especially in Western Europe and, and maybe in and overseas. But uh, there's still a lot of bad products in the market. Oh my! Talking <laughs> and, talking about <laughs> bad sausages. Exactly, and and th- this this <laughs> is the thing that we discussed with other like producers there in the expo, that. You know, with all the resources that these companies have, with all the uh, tastings and all the technologies and all the analysis and uh, whatnot, they are like having these kind of products. It's, like, it's really unimaginable, and uh, and they find them well, and uh, you know, and it's completely normal. People trying it, and they say, "No, this is not tasty. I'm not going to become vegan if they have not so tasty sausages." <laughs> so, and that's that's a that's a big problem, which scares people off. And in the meantime, it's a big benefit for small companies like like mm. like us because then we can come and uh, we can show that there can be products which can be like uh, good for everyone in terms of taste, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, they can be also friendly for vegans. And this is how you cannot discriminate the vegans. Like you're having your own food, and we're having your our food. But there can be mm-hmm. like a a common table where everything is plant based and vegan, and everybody can enjoy. That's that's our that's our goal. That's our like uh, our mission. I do believe that there is a huge space for you. I've seen your products on social media, actually. Oh, really? 
Thank you. Yeah, they look just at the regular containers that you find in the supermarket. Yes. Well done. And this is made out from your small kitchen, right? Not really. Um, this summer we, we moved in also in a small production facility. In the beginning, yes, it, everything came from our small kitchen here. But then there's, when, when, when the big players came in, we had big orders, so we, we decided that we need a bigger place, a bigger fridge. Mm -hmm. So we moved to this production site. I'm excited to taste it because I've tried so many sausages and they are, I'm sorry to say, not good to eat. And I've always wanted to go to a Christmas market and just enjoy a sausage like everybody else. <laughs> exactly. When I come or when you come to Copenhagen, I would like to try the chia caviar as well. Okay. We... Hopefully you get to sell it to the Danish market. We will try our best. <laughs> but before we finish this conversation, what keeps you going? One thing is um, my family. That's what keeps me going for sure. Because um, uh, one thing is that now this... In the current time, I need to. Uh, I'm, I'm responsible for them, and I need to provide them with all the necessary necessary things. But if we're looking broadly, that that I want to also provide a um, safe environment for for my family, so that they can, uh, for example, not be judged by the way they're what they're eating, or in the kindergarten they could have the food that they want on the table, not what the government thinks it's necessary for them. Actually, yeah, this this is what keeps me going, just to show the world what can be what can be done, what are the possibilities, what are the options. So and and uh, and people can decide for themselves if they want to do it or not. But uh, my my job is to is just to show them with the, with the, with the, first of all with a personal example, and then with the opportunities for them. But Ivars, I think you have done a lot in this time and age you have probably inspired so many people you've just came from a, a master class before this and now the listeners can also hear your story your passion about plant-based vegan food and also to be able to try the uh, products that you have offered in the grocery stores and I'm pretty sure a lot of people will like it and you know even find it better than the regular. I know it's late at yours but such a pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share it with others and spread the word. I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Launchbox podcast.